All right, so I'm really excited about this that I have uh, to share with you today. Um, I'm going to talk about being hurt. Um, in actually, the topic of being hurt isn't exciting. Um, I'm kind of excited because I really feel like this has really impacted me, and I feel like it, it, it'll definitely impact you. Um, so everybody's been hurt. If you're over three, four, five years old, you've always been hurt. Chances are, if I said, hey, everybody who's, by a show of hands, everybody who's been hurt, raise them up. Everybody in here is going to raise their hand and say, yep, at some point, we've been hurt by something somebody said, something somebody's done to us, um, a, a mean word, somebody's used us, somebody's abused us, somebody's something. So at some point, at some time in our life, we've been hurt. So... Once we get hurt, once we take these in, it's, it's not always easy to get over it. Uh, sometimes we hold on to these for weeks, months, years. Sometimes we hold on to pains that we have for our whole life, and we never get over them. And we, we do that, we let them in our heart, and then we start reacting out of, out of our hurts. You know, So you've heard hurt, hurting people hurt people, so we, we act out of these hurts. And so what comes in is what goes out. So um, and so we carry these day after day, and we carry this burden day after day. And we do this, and it becomes easier and easier to get hurt, and it becomes easier and easier to stay hurt. And we get hurt, and we get offended, and we pass it off as it's just part of life. You know, people are going to hurt us. It's just it. That's life, and that's how life goes. We tell our kids the same thing. You know, if somebody on the playground hurts their feelings or says something hurtful, and we say, you know, people are just mean sometimes, sweetie. And we even say things like, you know what? That person did something. I have the right to be hurt. I have the right to be upset. You know, I have every right to be offended by them. And we do this. And like even we'll have friends that call us. And, and I know I've done this before where a friend will call me and say, hey, you know, so-and-so did this to me and they said this. And um, you maybe picture yourself saying it. And out of consolation, we say things like, I can't believe they did that to you. you. You have every right to be upset about that. You have every right to be offended by that. In fact, if I were you, if I were you, I'd be even madder than you. So, you know, we, we do these things and we say these things out of consolation. We're actually saying, yeah, you know what? It's okay. You have every right to be bitter and angry. And it's like, wow, we, we don't realize that we, we don't have this right. You know, the, the truth is, is that people will say and do things that are hurtful. That's truth. And the lie there is that you don't have the right to be offended and hurt. And it talks about it in Proverbs. Actually, it's twice in Proverbs. Proverbs 14, 12 and 16, 25. It says the exact same thing two times in Proverbs. And I've kind of learned like when I see something that's repeated over and over again in the Bible, it's like, I feel like God's saying, hey, pay attention to this. Take, take note of this. And this is what it says. It says, there is a way that seems right to a man but its end is the way to death. So there's a way that seems right. And I have the right to be angry. I have the right to be hurt. I have the right to this pain. I have every right. We, we say these things, but anger leads to death. Resentment leads to death. Bitterness leads to death. Now, it may not lead to natural death, physical death, but definitely it leads to relationship, death and relationship with both God and relationships of people around us. You see, when, these, when you hold onto these past harms, 
hurts, pains. It kind of hinders our, our productivity with God. It hinders our relationships with others. And so we may, be, we may be convinced that we have every right to be hurt and pain and bitterness, but that's the way that seems right, and it leads to death. But there is a way that is right, and it's, and it's God's way. And he has a different way of thinking. So he talks about Isaiah 55, 8. God says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. And then fast forward to Matthew 5, 44 through 45. And this is Jesus. He says, so this is Jesus saying, okay, these are, these are God's thoughts. He says, but I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. So right there, Jesus debunks the thought and the rationale that we have the right to be hurt. So if we follow Jesus' commands here, and we bless those who curse us, we do good to those who hate us, and we pray for anyone who uses and persecutes us. It's literally impossible to be offended if we're doing that. Yes, people will be rude, they'll be mean, they'll say and do hurtful things. But what if instead of being hurt or responding hurt, you can respond with compassion and love and maybe even a little empathy? You can. Jesus gave us the tools right here. And the thing is, the enemy means these things for good. He attacks our, or, or evil. He attacks our mind. And so the, the things that he means for evil, God can turn them into good. So he wants us, the devil wants us to walk around being hurt, being offended, so that he can accomplish his agenda, which is death and destruction, right? The way that seems right to a man leads to death. And that's what the enemy wants. When the reality is, if we use the tools that God's given us, we can accomplish our design and God's agenda for us. And that's to give us life and give us life more abundantly. Now, I promise if you've ever been offended, you haven't walked around thinking, man, I am living an abundant life. You've never carried these things and said, I am just living life abundantly. So it is possible to bless those who curse you and do good to those who use you. And maybe some of you are thinking like, yeah, you know what? I can love almost everybody except for this former friend or this person that took credit for something that I'm supposed to do or, or this family member or this church or this pastor, not our pastor because he's amazing, but another pastor. But seriously, like we, we hold on to these things. And, and the one thing the devil knows that if he can control our thoughts, then he has the best chance to destroy who God has created us to be. I'm going to repeat that. I feel like that's really good. Somebody needs to hear that. So if the devil knows that if he can control our thoughts, then he has the best chance to destroy who God has created us to be. And that's really all he does. He's been doing the same thing since the beginning. He attacks us in our mind. Look, when somebody does something hurtful, all they're doing is acting from the wrong thoughts or previous hurt or pain that they have experienced. And once we understand this, we can, we can start to respond to hate with love because you can see past the hurtful things they're doing and saying. That's causing them to act outside of who God's created them to be. 
So how do we get there? Now, it's easy to say, right? Okay, don't be hurt. It's, it's easy to say. Um, I'm going to tell a story. Uh, what's more of an experience because it's true, I feel like. Yeah, so anyways, seven, eight years ago, um, I experienced something that was, it was, pr- I would say it's probably one of the most emotionally scarring things that I had ever experienced. And um, I had, at the time, somebody who I would have considered my best friend. And he worked for me for a while. And um, I, was, I had uh, another business that I had partnered with in North Dakota. And I was flying, flying home from North Dakota. And I, I landed and I had a text from this guy. And it said, hey, call me as soon as you land. So I call him and I say, hey, what's going on? And, and he says, yeah, I, uh, I really want to just focus on this North Dakota thing. Because I, I had actually brought him in to, to partner on this, this deal in North Dakota too. So... He says, yeah, I don't want to, I'm just going to focus on North Dakota. I don't want to, I don't want to have anything to do with, with RPS, which is what that company was. I don't want to have anything to do with that anymore. And I'm like, oh, really? Why? And, um, and he said, well, you know, you've been embezzling money. You've been, and I'm like, embezzling money? I'm thinking, what the heck? I was, been embezzling money for my own company and I didn't know it. <laughs> you know, so I'm like, what's going on? And I'm like, tell me, what is it? He's like, I don't have time to tell you right now. I don't want to go into it, but I just, I just want out. And I'm like, okay. And I'm at the airport literally getting off the plane and I just hang up and I'm, I'm walking. I, I can, I'm just walking through the terminal. And I'm like, what did I do? I was just crying right there. I'm like, man, I, I'm so hurt by this. What, what did I do? Why, why is he attacking? I have no idea. Like, what did I steal? And I called him back and, and it ended up being, all it was was, I had, there was a $500 recurring donation. My, my brother-in-law was a missionary in Africa. And so I had this recurring $500 donation. And something happened with PayPal where I think maybe one card expired and so it switched over to one. I, I don't know what happened, but it, it went on there. And so this was like the big deal that made him think that I was an embezzling cheat. Um, so and we, we carry on and we, ha- we come to an agreement of, okay, I'll pay you this amount. And you'll be bought out, and that's it. We'll we'll part ways. I went home that night, and uh, I don't I don't take long showers, but I did that night. <laughs> I was in there. I didn't I didn't want my kids to know my heart was broken. I didn't want my wife to know my heart was broken. But I was I had never been more hurt in my life. I'd never felt more mixture of anger and pain and guilt. I'd never felt that in my life. So. Next day, I had that check written out. I called him up and, and I said, hey, got your check. Why don't you come get it? But hey, I'm about to close. We're about to close on this line of credit and your name was on it. And so I need you to sign this piece of paper that releases you from that so that I can get this line of credit. Now he knew that, um, that we needed this to, to fund the summer rush that we had. And so he says, yeah, I'm on my way over. Well, an hour, two hours, three hours goes by and I don't, I don't hear from him. So I call him up and I say, hey, where are you at? Need to get this thing done. He goes, yeah, about that. It's not going to be what we agreed upon. And he, uh, he told me it was going to be essentially 100 times what the amount we agreed upon was. And, uh, you know, so as if he didn't hurt me, I'm thinking this, as if you didn't hurt me bad enough emotionally, now you're going to try and hurt me in my pocketbook. You're going to use me as ransom. So I said, no, that's not what's going to happen. He says, look, Andy, you know, we can go to, we can go to a, a lawyer and we can go to court about this, but you know the business is worth that. So you're going to pay me that or you can just go belly up for all I care. 
So I'm like, all right, come over. And I signed an agreement and, you know, we went our separate ways. And you think he was done. <laughs> but a few days later, I get a, a letter in the mail and uh, I, I open it up and it's got a little check in it with a letter from our partners in, North, in this venture in North Dakota. And they said that they had all voted me out and I was no longer a partner in that business as well. So I went from everything's great to what the heck is going on in life. And, uh, and, I, and I'll tell you, I've, I just really have never felt so hurt. So I, uh, I, this, this business venture that we had in North Dakota, I was watching it and, you know, we, we carry on and the business is going, our, my business is going good. And I'm watching him, this, this business in North Dakota failed. And I'm like, kind of happy. <laughs> See, that failed. I'm doing good. Shame on you. I bet you, bet you regret that now, don't you, sucker? Then, <laughs> then I see him, he tries this business and it fails. In this business, if it fails. And, and it fails. And, uh, and every time I see him fail, I'm like happy inside. Like I, I said at first service, I, I would picture like this little guy inside me dancing a little jig. Like, yeah, I, he's failing. And I didn't like it. It bothered me, but I didn't know how to get rid of it. So fast forward like two, three years. And this, this friend of mine, we had uh, set up a lunch. And um, so I sit down with him and I say, he, oh, he's one of these guys that he'll just, he'll just ask you questions and get stuff out of you. And so if we sit down and he's asking me how life is, how, hey, how's your family life balance, work life balance? How's your relationship with God? How's business going? And I'm telling him about, hey, you know, this, that, or the other. And I explain the story just like that. And I even told him, I'm like, yeah, you know, I, every time he fails, I'm kind of happy inside, but I don't like that. It doesn't feel right. I don't, I don't know why I, I do that. And normally when I told that story, this is the part where everybody that I told it to time and time again just jumps on board and says, yeah, man, I can't believe he did that to you. You have every right to be hurt. You should be hurt. You should be upset. You should be mad at him. I'd be more mad at him. I can't believe you paid him that money. I wouldn't have paid him that money. But this friend, he didn't do that. He said, Andy, do you love God? I said, well, of course I love God. He says, okay, do you love God's creation? I said, yeah, man, I love, I love God's creation. Said, do, you, uh, do you love that guy that hurt you? And I was like, no, I didn't hesitate. No, I, I don't think I do love him. And he says, well, then you don't fully love God. You can't love God and hate his creation. And that got my wheels turning. <laughs> and so um, then talking a little bit more. He says, hey, this is what you need to do. You need to call him up and you need to ask him to forgive you. I'm like, okay, ask him to forgive me. Okay. And then not only that, but after you ask him to forgive you, you need to tell him that you forgive him. And I said, yeah, no, that's not happening. I am not going to call this guy. I didn't do anything wrong. I'm not going to call him and ask him for forgiveness when I didn't do anything. And better, I'm not going to tell him I forgive him because I'm not fake and I don't forgive him. I'm, I'm not going to call him and say something that's not true. And so this, this lunch that should have been an hour, we, we were talking and if anybody knows me, I'm a, a little bit hard-headed, just a wee bit. So it took him about the next four or five hours 
to convince me that, okay, fine, I'll call him. And so he actually, he actually made me call him right there at the, as he's like, I'm not leaving until I'm holding you ransom until you call this guy. So I did. And I set up a, um, a lunch for a few days later and, uh, my, my way there. And when, when I'm walking in, I was like, man, I, you know, I just, I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this, but I promised Kyle I would. And I did, I purposed in my heart that, okay, I'm going to give it a shot. What do I have to lose? So I go in there and I took a page out of Kyle's book and I just started asking him questions because I didn't want to talk about me. I didn't, I just didn't want it. So I, I was just saying, I asked him, you know, how's life? How's the kids? How's business? So then he starts talking about business and he's really opening up. He's telling me about this failure and the thing in North Dakota failed and then this one. And as he's telling me that, I'm, I'm getting excited again inside. That little guy's dancing inside me. And, uh, that's when I knew it's like, okay, I got to do this. So when there was a pause in the conversation, I said, hey, um, I got I to gotta ask, ask you to forgive me. And he looks at me, he's like, why? I said, well, you know, a few years back, that whole thing happened with RPS. And, you know, I did something that, that hurt you and, and made you upset to the point that you wanted to exit the business. And I just want to tell you, man, I'm sorry. That wasn't my heart. It wasn't my intent. I didn't mean to do that. So I just want you, I want to ask for your forgiveness. Will you forgive me? And he said to me, he said, Andy, I never, I never thought you were a liar. I said, I, I thought, I, you thought that I was a liar, cheat, and a thief. And, and I want to ask you to forgive me. And so he's like, Andy, I never thought you were a liar, cheat, and a thief. I may have overreacted. So have you ever apologized to somebody and they didn't say they forgive you? Does it make you do want to do the next thing and say that you forgive them? want to be like, ah, well, forget you then. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go. And I, and I kind of thought about it, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to go one step further. So I said, hey, one more thing. I don't know if you realize the extent of what you did and how bad that it hurt me and that I've been carrying this for a while, but I need to tell you, man, I forgive you. Not only do I forgive you, man, I cheer for your successes. I can't wait to hear about your success. And if you would have asked me when I was walking in that building, if I would have been able to say that to him, it would have been a no. There's no way I thought I was actually going to follow through with it. But the, the interesting thing is, is as I was saying it, I meant it. I wasn't being fake. My, my heart was there. And that's what that weird thing was inside me. And so I meant every word of it. And the, and the great thing is I actually... Before I left, I, I prayed for him and I, I prayed that God blessed the work of his hands. And so then I walked out, walked out of that building and I didn't make it to my car before I was, I had just lost it. It was like the weight of the world. I didn't even understand the weight of what that hurt does, what that bitterness does. I didn't understand the weight that I was carrying. And I, I determined in my heart right there and I said, God, I don't ever want that again. I don't ever want to be there again. I don't ever want the enemy to get in and take root and do that to my mind ever again. And it's not like he doesn't try, <laughs> right? So basically what I, what I realized, and I'll close with this, what I realized through this whole process is Thoughts go through a, a three-step process when they come at us. So it starts in our, in our head, goes to our heart, and it results in our action. So if we let pain in, hurt in, and we let it take root in our heart, 
our actions are going to be from hurt and from pain, from bitterness, all that. And this is why the Bible says to bring every thought into captivity. We take our thoughts. And so when somebody comes at us with hate, something that wants to offend us, we can say, hey, God, this thing right here doesn't, makes me want to be mad, makes me want to respond. He says, it's okay. It's cool. Just put it in my filter. Just put it in my filter. So we put it in the God filter. And the cool thing about God's filter is anything that goes in comes out the other side, pure love. Every time. So we give it to him. Comes out, pure love. Goes to our heart. And Jesus talks about this in Luke 6, 45. He says, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. So when we put everything through the God filter and we allow God to do that, Instead of responding hurt to hurt, pain to pain, when somebody says something or does something that's meant to hurt us, we can respond with love and not hate. Gentleness, not anger. Compassion and not contempt. Isn't it amazing that anger, hate can go in one end and pure love can come out the other? Now, maybe you're here and you've had a similar type situation. You come in here and you're like, yeah, Andy, I get it. I know that feeling and I don't like it either. So let's let it go today. Get rid of it. You don't have to be there. You don't have to stay there. Let's put that in that God filter so that it can come out love. In fact, I, <laughs> I'm going to go the extra step and challenge you like my buddy Kyle did. If you've been offended or hurt by somebody, I want to challenge you. Call them up, invite them to lunch or coffee, ask them to forgive you. Tell them that you forgive them. It's only freedom. You're only missing out on freedom. You might as well do it. So if you guys just prepare your hearts and if if you have somebody in mind or something in mind, just put it to God. Please take me up on that challenge. And I'll pray and then we can, we can get it. Actually, even before I close, once I do close, if you want additional prayer, you can go down the hallway to the right. There's people there that can pray for you. And if you're a first-time guest on the other side of the hallway, um, there'll be people down there to greet you and tell you more about the church. So let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much for this word. I thank you so much for freedom. I thank you so much for joy. I thank you that you bring forth words at the right time and the right place at the right moment for us. And Lord, I just ask that anybody who's struggling with hurt and pain, Lord, I just ask that you fill their heart now with love so that that can jump out at people. Play a blessing over everybody. I thank you for your love in Jesus' name. Amen.